Listen to ordinary people who lead extraordinary lives. Their leadership styles forever impressed in the hearts and minds of people, be it in their professions, personal life, and or in communities by being an example of greatness. Be inspired by these personal stories and prepare to be both moved and motivated as Maurice Manley II, the serial entrepreneur, interviews present and future icons. Challenge yourself to recognize the leader that lives within so that you may continue to grow and experience amazing things in life. We are all capable of leadership. Take charge and lead up. This is episode number 44. Let the record reflect. Being born into a musical environment as a DJ and head of original content at Spotify, Rodney McMahon shares with us his personal cheat codes to success. Rodney explains how his identity through music has given him the metacognition for creativity as well as leadership through entertainment. Without further delay, we present to you Rodney McMahon. Welcome back to another episode of Lead Up. I'm your host, Maurice Manley. Today, my brother, my man, uh, good guy, Rodney, Rodney excuse me, <laughs> McMahon. Yep. He is the head post production for Spotify, and you oversee original content. Yep. 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 All original video, all original podcasts for Spotify. But not only that, you're a DJ. Yep, yep, yep. DJ since I was, you know, like 14. It's just kind of like a family lineage. My uncle did it. My dad did it. Um, and it just, you know, naturally it just got passed to me. Wow. Yeah. Did, did, now, did they teach you how to, like, actually get on the ones and twos? Or did you just watch and kind of inherently picked it up? It was first just watching. So um, my I was living in L.A. And every time I went to visit my family in New York, mm -hmm. my uncle just always had the techniques out, his crates out, just like records that like you couldn't even see the wall. Right. So wow. I, I would go in there and just just be seeing them and just or just see the equipment. And I'm just kind of like, you know, I wonder if anybody's watching. Let me just <laughs> let me just touch this real quick and see what it does. Right. So that was just it from like the beginning. Um, and then eventually my, when my uncle was doing it, he would kind of say, Hey, like, you know, it's all about timing. And that was like a big mm. thing of his. I was just like, once you know timing in this, then you can kind of freestyle and make it your own. But once it's all about timing and then like, that always kind of stuck with me. So after, you know, early kind of interactions with him, when I was able to do my own thing, me and my friends started a DJ crew in high school called the jump off crew. Hmm. And we would do these like Project X style high school parties. We were wild. And when I look back at that, I was like, man, like I've, we almost got arrested. We've seen just like crazy stuff because we would scout neighborhoods with mm -hmm. uh, uh, houses that were being uh, sold. Okay. And uh, we were just like, we would just drive by, and be like, okay, no one's moving in. Drive by again, no one's moving in. Okay, that's the party house. And we would. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Weren't the doors locked to these houses? They were, but we 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 found a way. We found a way. Uh, I gotta hear this story because so, 
Didn't they have lock boxes? They had the lo- the- so they had the lock boxes. So what we would do if if uh, some of them didn't have lock boxes, but the ones that did, we would just let people in through like the backyard, and the backyard would be <laughs> like the spot where the party would be at. So and and or like when friends, uh, parents were out of town. Yeah. I used to, when my mom was out of town. It was one of those kind of things. Right, right. Like yo, this that's more like the residency spot. It's like oh cool, cool. like jump off at the jump off house, yeah. right? Um, so yeah, that's how that's how I used to get down. Did you guys ever get caught? Oh, of in, course, in, in those uh, homes that you know were vacant. So the worst experience we had. Uh, shout out to my boy Hottie. Um, we go to Kinkos. It was like one of the bigger like parties we threw. We went to Kinkos. We're like seniors in high school. We make a flyer and mm-hmm. we go around to like every high school around. So I went to El Camino High School in the Valley. We would go like we pulled up to Taft. We pulled up to like Granada. Like just <laughs> all the high schools that we knew, we just start putting the flyers in the student lots, in the windows. Wow. And we probably put it on teachers, probably. Yeah. We didn't know. We were just being stupid. And hundreds of people show up, helicopter cops, like da da da, like everything, right? Wow. So as people are leaving, this and this house was in uh, Westlake. Uh, as people were leaving, when the cops came, they start just stealing everything from this house: uh, wine, uh, clothes from the bedroom of of like the what? yeah, like just everything. This this party was at a. Uh, a house where someone's parents were gone. Mm-hmm. And this was like a rich kid from like Chaminade High School. Um, and uh, yeah, people just looted the whole house. So uh, the next week when the we- uh, when the school week started, uh, cops rolled into my boy's class and were like, hey, are you responsible for this party? And pulled up our flyer. Like, are you, wow. the, are you the one who did this? Were you guys' names on the flyer? No, no. Okay. So here's the thing. It was like that. That's the one part we were smart or either stupid because we didn't like we were known as the jump off. Okay. But it wasn't like jump off Rodney. Da da da. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jump off could have been anybody, right? So I guess like the, that was the only good thing that happened. <laughs> you know that that sounds like the um, I don't know if you're saying it. it's a movie. I believe it's called Project yeah, X. Project X. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah where yeah. they throw this huge house party, helicopters, police come out. Yep. They yep. made that after you. I mean, um, low key, <laughs> low key, they they might have because you know we were just some kids that were just trying to turn up like every Friday, Saturday. We loved music. Mm-hmm. Uh, my me and my friends were DJs, um, and we were just like, yo, like, you know, I, I don't want to practice in the house no more. <laughs> we right. let's let's find somewhere to play, right? So that was just the motivation behind it. We just wanted to play. Now, how has music shaped your life? Oh man. Um, it's funny because like when people like ask me almost like how I identify as like I identify like music, you know, mm. that's how deep like it goes for me. Um, every place I've worked, I'm, I think I'm, you know, I'm very multifaceted in terms of what I do as a professional, um, both in content, music and everything. But uh, music is the through line of my life, man. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, when when times are good and times are bad, you fall on to, you know, some songs that, you know, evoke something in you to mm. uh get better or deal with it or right. you know inspire you whatever man um you know i i have to listen to music while i work that's just something if i don't have music i can't work it's crazy really yeah yeah just can't um, move yeah it's when i'm doing my content stuff because that's more like as the head of the department it's more operational yeah i'm doing like budget forecast mm-hmm. and i'm like looking at a lot of like resumes to see who i'm gonna hire i'm building workflows and building a lot of like decks and presentations and stuff right so as i'm doing that 
I got the music pumping like, you know, I got to, I got to yeah. have something going. Right. Um, and, uh, I just think from my, my childhood too, you know, music has been put into my life before I was even born. Like I was selling yeah. through DJing and then my dad being in the entertainment industry, um, he was on tour with Michael Jackson for a while. So I got to be on tour as well. Mm. Just watching Michael play in rehearsals on stage. I know um, that was huge. That was crazy. Right. You so, went to school like, Hey, I was with Mike last night. Right. <laughs> but here's the thing. Like, well, I was, I was too young to really even care how big he was. Okay. Um, I gravitated towards the drummer on his, in his band. Huh. So I, my first instrument was drums. Okay. Um, I got a drum set in the garage. I'm waiting to break out, but these neighbors aren't ready yet. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> these neighbors ain't ready. Um, but no, drums was my, was like technically my first uh, instrument. I learned how to play because of the drummer on the dangerous tour would let me uh, kind of mess around with the drums. He gave me his drumsticks all signed and everything. Wow. So when you're a kid, you're like, yo, I got the drum. I got the sign. Oh, damn. <laughs> like, I got to use these now, yeah, right? I got to yeah. do something, right? So, yeah, that's, yeah, music is everything, man. Talk about exposure. What yeah. would you say the most important thing, your dad, your uncles, and just your family that was in music, what did they teach you about the industry? Ooh. The most important thing. Um, here's what they taught me, man. Um, not so indirectly, just through, like, uh, action, through, like, my dad, you know? Mm -hmm. He pretty, his, his, like, biggest uh like advice to me was this world doesn't come to you you got to go to it mm. so a lot of people really think that it's like okay cool um i hang out with this person or uh i worked here for a year uh and i'm supposed to like have things come to me now right mm. nope this world does not work like that you need to build a lot of your own opportunities um and if you don't, people are just going to be looking at you and you're just going to be looking frustrated and feeling frustrated. Right. Um, you need to get yourself out there. Um, and that's kind of like the through line of what my dad was saying of like, you know, there's going to be times where like, you know, you're not going to want to do it. Mm -hmm. You're not going to want to, even though like, you know, our world is gl glamorous, quote unquote, you know, because a lot of it's like, you know, networking, you got to go have a drink with so-and-so, you got to have this dinner with so-and-so. Mm. And like, yeah, it's a lot of the times, it sounds glamorous, but I don't want to do that shit. Right, right. Like, I really don't, like, a lot of the times. But you have to, definitely have to do that. But, the, like, I love people anyway. So, mm. like, you always end up meeting good people out of these, like, experiences anyway. But um, I think a lot, I learned a lot on myself just from being an athlete. Shout out to my athletes out there mm. that have transitioned from being an athlete to getting, like, get your work or grind on. But athletics has, have taught me to outwork everybody I've ever, like, worked with mm. and i think that's I, I got that just from from playing sports um, well was it a coach or was it teammates or playing like what what was the thing about athletics that they gave you that that oomph because everybody that plays sports does not get that yeah uh i'd have to say it was a definitely a coach and big shout out to coach lacour he was my high school baseball coach at el camino high school he went on to do great things. He's over at Harvard Westlake. He's the athletic director there. Um, he's the one I'd have to say uh, who I guess built a lot of confidence in me because I felt like, you know, I was always down on myself and couldn't really see my athleticism or what talents I had. I wasn't the best player in the world, but I was pretty good. Mm -hmm. Got to play in college a little bit. 
But I think he, I think my junior, senior year, it was like a turning point where he just inspired me so much that I came back the next year, I lost about 40 pounds. I was, I looked like a whole different person. I hit like 368, you know, my senior year. Scouts were looking at me, things, you know, changed for me. Cause I wasn't honestly thinking about going to school. I was more of, I was a creative person who played sports and I looked at, Hey, if high school doesn't work out, let's get into some cool stuff. <laughs> I mean, I'm not of high school, but college doesn't work out. Right, right. Let's get into some stuff that doesn't feel like a job. You know, that was yeah. like my next thing. But you know, he really was like, yo, you, you got a shot to do something. You might even get signed and play minor league baseball one day. And I was like, Whoa, I didn't, mm. I wasn't looking at it like that. So he gave you the inspiration to, actually push through the tough times or any kind of challenges or difficulties. Yep. And that has carried you through your life to this point. To this point, straight up, you know, of course my dad, just from him, you know, being in the industry, but my dad, you know, was not around because he's so busy. My coach was with me every single day, you know, for two, three years. Right. So he was the one really putting in the time with me and, you know, now that I bring it up now, it's like, it's crazy to think about it. It's like Mm -hmm. how much of a change he made in my work ethic and what I do yeah. and when I had how I got here because I always kind of have that voice in my head being like oh I can be better yeah I could do this better that the coach's voice yeah here yeah, yeah yeah isn't it interesting how one person in your life and you may forget about it like you just say now you're kind of replaying it and like wow I didn't even realize that they had that type of uh, effect or influence on me it's interesting how I think we as people have those pivotal moments or those pivotal people that really impact us. But in the moment, we take it for granted Mm -hmm. and we move through life, never giving that individual or circumstances or situation that credit because we kind of ignored it or we looked at it like, oh, that was just a, a moment. Yeah. But really, that was a pivotal moment that changed the trajectory of your life. Yeah, straight up. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna email him now that I'm talking about this because <laughs> I think people get too prideful or I don't know, like an age difference. I don't know. Like this kinda like put me like made me aware that I need to like just thank him. Yeah. So yeah, thanks shout out to you for like bringing this up because that's really cool for me to like kind of like relive this moment. But uh, yeah, I think people should like do that more often. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If I honestly, if I knew like some of my elementary teachers, um, I would reach out to them. Absolutely. Oh, I do have one. Here's a crazy story, real quick. Yep, yeah. I, I just ramble, so tell me no, to shut no, up whenever. No, please. Um, so uh, this is another just word of advice to people that are listening, trying to get into. I would say just any industry. Mm-hmm. Um, the world is smaller than you know it. Treat everybody with respect. And I'll tell you why. And at every age, I know it's hard. You're a little kid and you're a knucklehead. You can't, you don't know how to like control yourself. But um, when I, my first day working at CBS, my first job, of, I was a PA at Entertainment Tonight. And a PA. I was a PA. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, Entertainment Tonight. Uh, I didn't, I, I didn't had no interest in entertainment gossip or any of that stuff, but it was a job. I was working for a big company. I was like, cool. I got a cool job. Um, walking around the lot at lunch, 
just big eyed like oh my god this is where they used to shoot this in there oh my goodness this is where they shoot this there trying to creep trying to see who's shooting where <laughs> right security looking at me like sir what are you doing here and i was like oh i work here first day you know uh <laughs> so as i'm walking around my first week um i run into my this uh, literally this is not a joke my camp counselor from summer camp from first to sixth grade Okay. Wow. Her name is Heather. Ber- her her name was Heather Berger. She got married. Her name is Heather Cruz now. Mm-hmm. She was the head of HR at CBS. Shout out to Heather. What's up, Heather? I'll send you a link so you can hear it. <laughs> um, but uh, ran into her and I was like, "Yo, Mrs. Berger, like, do you remember me?" And she was like, "Oh my God, Roddy, like, what's up?" I was like, "You know, it was just one of those moments." And I was like, "Yo, so what are you doing here?" And she goes, "Oh, I'm the head of HR for CBS." And I was like wait, my camp counselor, like, you're, like, this is you now? Right, right. Like, and wow. like, and she kn- she knew me through and through. She'd known me since I was a little knucklehead all the way till I was a grown man. So huh. I was like, man, like, HR knows everything about me. Like, right, like, right. They got, like, so did she look out for you? She did looked she, out for she me. she helped you out? She helped me out. That's the thing. So, like, I would go holler at her. So the one of the ways I got out of entertainment tonight um, no, like no bad blood there, but it was just not like the environment for me. I met, I met a lot of good friends there, a lot of lifelong friends, mm-hmm. a lot of good things happened there. But, um, I heard a show was popping up. The host of survivor, Jeff Probst was starting a daytime talk show mm-hmm. called the Jeff Probst show. And Heather's like, Oh, you should talk to Bruce and he's the EIC and you should see if you can get on and da 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 da. And I was like, cool. Like, will you like talk me up? And I was like, yeah, of course. Like yeah. my son, like come on, wow! And then I got the job. I, I was able to get out. That was like my first exit out of Entertainment Tonight. And then after that, it was just like game on. Like go here, go there, go there, boom, yeah. boom. So, yeah, she looked out for me, and I just literally imagined, like, man, what if I was like a little shithead? You know, it, it would uh, not be the same. No, <laughs> straight up, you just never know. So it's never know. Now, is there anybody in your family, circle, camp that you ever wanted to emulate coming up when you were growing up? Ooh, that's a good question. I I wanted to emulate certain uh, qualities of every one of my friends. Not like hmm. them wholly, but cert- my friends had certain qualities that I ha- I wanted. So one of my good friends I brought up rec- just before, Hadi, um, he's one of my good homies. Um, I've known since I was seven years old. Um, he also went to that summer camp that Heather went to. Okay. So that's how I know him and she knows him as well. Um, but he was always, um, a, like a hustler was on top of his finances and was always having a plan ever since like junior high school. Huh. And I'm like, and, like, in junior high school, I wasn't even comprehending this stuff. And he was in junior high illegally because, like, what, do you have to be 16 to work right out here? Yeah, yeah. He was working around, like, 14, 15 slanging cell phones, like, like out of a store. Working at a company. At a store, yeah. Oh, wow. And I was like, how are you even, like, why, why do you want to work right now? Like, I wasn't even thinking about that. <laughs> yeah, let's play. But, right. But now but now that I think about it, I was like, man, he was so ahead of the game. And then, like, even about, you know, when it came to college or when it came to doing papers, exams, he was just, he looked at it so simply, Hmm. like simply, right? Simply. Uh, But he just looked, he just was able to simplify everything. And I'm like, man, I wish I can do that. Hmm. Right. And then when it came to the music stuff, I definitely had a few friends where I'm like, man, 
one, I just wish I'd, I had the money your parents had to get all this gear right. you had. <laughs> right. <laughs> but no, I had some talented friends that were like really good musically on, on the guitar, drums and stuff, and I would kind of envy them. Um, but yeah, I always kind of looked at a few of my friends mm. and I wasn't someone who, uh, again, just like not necessarily looked up to one person. Yeah. I looked up to certain things, um, like certain characteristics yeah. and, and qualities that people possessed. Yeah. Now, how did you find yourself in that? Because it's easy to get lost and swayed in that. Yeah. Um, I have to say, so here's the thing. Um, growing up, I was, I was, this is going to sound like, I don't know if it's going to sound like unbelievable, but I was bullied a lot, uh, growing mm. up. So I kind of always was just like, man, like, how can I like be cool? Like in a certain like way, how can I be cool and like not have issues with like certain kinds of people? Mm. So it was like, if I was good at that and if I did that and if I did that and like I was also you know as like most kids are I want to make my parents like happy yes so it was like okay like I want to like make my parents happy you know I want to be cool I want to hang out with these people so it was more like trying to like again like to, to what I was explaining to pick up things that I can be cool or good at um to impress people but um then I kind of after trying to do that I, I kind of learned like oh like I'm happier just doing me <laughs> like it, this is exhausting trying to like <laughs> trying to do this for people um what age was that when you realized that um i think it was like the the 10th grade the 10 that's pretty good the 10th or 11th grade i started doing that and again when my wow. coach when my coach came around uh, um and i think it was okay. I, I think naturally just became because i was so busy and dedicated to being in great shape and being the best baseball player and, mm. and doing all this stuff, right? Trying to get into college. So my mindset had just like shifted to like, oh man, if I'm focused on things, things come to me. I think that's what happened. Yeah. It's like, okay. It's still good though. Cause I remember, you know, I used to hoop and I would see guys, athleticism was just off the chart yeah. and I would just look at them in awe. Yeah. Man, I wish I could play. And there were moments where I would get caught up in that mentally and start looking down on myself because I didn't have that particular skill set. And hence, that affected my performance. It affected my mindset. It's like, man, I don't even want to play today. Mm -hmm. Or I don't even know if I can compete at this level. Um, I played in the Kevin Ali tournament. Mm -hmm. And I had never played against guys like this before. I mean, they come in the gym just dunking in the game, two-hand, <laughs> free throw. And I'm like... I'm done. <laughs> I just can't. I don't have it. Yeah. I thought I did. In my mind, right. I'm like, I'm going to the league. And I'm like, ooh, yeah, okay. I know. I know that feeling. But that feeling and that mindset can just completely annihilate you. And it sounds like what you're saying, you had enough internal wherewithal at a young age to kind of like table that, put that to the side. And still pursue you. Yeah. I think what what I like to tell people now um, is that, like, I was, I got comfortable being an outlier. Mm. Um, I didn't know I was an outlier back then. But I, I, I was because I was different um, than a lot of people just because of the way I came up. Um, I grew up around a lot of different people from out of the country. Mm. Um, so when I came back to L.A., 
um, I remember I, I tried to speak with a British accent because I, I was living out there for a little bit for the dangerous tour. Yeah. So when I was a kid, I came back out here speaking like that. And I got made fun of. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. I thought I was, that was the wave. I thought that was the wave. <laughs> right. So, uh, just things just didn't work out. But, um, but yeah, man, I just, I, I like being an outlier when people, when people like nowadays say like, oh, let's do this. I'm like, no, let's do that. Like, I yeah. like to just like. Just go against the grain. I like to challenge, you know what I mean? Like, because I, I, especially just being in content for so long, I have to think of so many ideas that are different and not the same that that also has, like, kind of challenged me to be like, cool, all y'all are going to go see, you know, this is just an example. Like, mm -hmm. oh, everyone's going to see Cardi B. You're going to go listen to Cardi B. Let's go listen to that one fool nobody knows. Right. Let's all go to the like that show where 12 people are going to go. So it sounds like your creativity, a lot of it... <clears throat> stems from that just being opposite mm -hmm. and going against the grain and doing people go left you go right yeah because when you do that for for the majority of a lot of things um you'll find that you're late to the to the next thing whatever that thing mm -hmm. is because you're too busy and consumed in what is now which is not a problem mm -hmm. but i am just so much living in the future for a lot of things because that's how i work right i gotta make videos and 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 music type of projects that release for the next year so what's popping next year yeah not what's popping this year so i'm not listening to that or i'm not like focused on that right you're time traveling yeah so that's how i have to operate so again especially with these podcasts at at spotify and the projects that we're doing, like mm -hmm. literally when I got hired at Spotify, I got tasked with one of the heaviest things. It's like, hey, you need to figure out how to change people's habits that listen to Spotify. So everyone's listening to Spotify in their car um, while they're working out mm -hmm. at a party. How are you going to stop them from doing that and pick up the phone to watch a video? Like, go. Wow. Right. So that's what we were hired to do. And I was like, yo, that's. It's kind of really hard. <laughs> yeah. So how do you do that, right? So you start thinking of crazy ideas and mm. crazy formats and stuff that aren't happening now that work in order to get people to watch and pick up the phone on Spotify. So we're just, you know, it, it, it's, it's, you know, working for so many companies too at the start, mm. you have to, your, your mind is built like that too. So I helped start, what was it, uh, BuzzFeed's team, branded team. Mm -hmm. So shout out to the BuzzFeed crew. Um, all the C, all the shows I was on after Entertainment Tonight, so Jeff Probst, uh, the reboot of the Arsenio Hall show, mm. um, uh, Kiki Palmer, she did a daytime talk show that I was uh, I was the pro uh, post producer on, and I DJed a few episodes. So all these shows, again, like you're there from the very start, and they're like, cool, what's gonna be cool when this thing comes out? Wow, go, wow. <laughs> Talk about pressure. I know. I know. All right. Now, in your creative opinion, do you think there is a correlation between, and this is kind of sciencey, but yeah. I think you can get it. Is there a correlation between the frequency in music and the frequency in one's brain? Yeah, totally. Um, so I just talked to, man, shout out to Yamin. Uh, he, Yamin is a, a Quest Loves DJ. Amazing dude. He always reminds me every time I see him, he goes, yo. Do you know that the frequency of love travels at 528 like gigahertz? Wow. I think it was that that number might be wrong, but he'll all he'll always remind me of that. 
Hmm. He's like, yo, yo, like free, the frequency of love and, and peace travels at that at that wavelength. Like remember, 500 megahertz? I think it's like 528 gigahertz or something like that. Oh, gigahertz. I think. Um, could be way off because he'll... It's 500 re- something. 500 something, yeah. And, you know, when he's saying this, we're usually a little, you know, buzzed or high or something. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, cool, 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 fam. Cool, cool. <laughs> Shout out to y'all, <laughs> Um But no, and I, that's something that I always used to like think about. I was like, yo, like... You know, if you really like, and certain producers do this, where you know, in their mixing and masterings, they do hit these numbers to evoke feel like certain feelings. That's what I thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's definitely broken down to a science, um, and especially like for me, like the feelings that I get in music are off seventh chords. Like seventh chords, like the depth of seventh chords always get me. Hmm. Um, Explain that the the depth of seventh. Because cool. like, because uh, the because like, if, if you're a piano player or a guitar player, you have triads, okay. which is like you know hitting three three keys at the same time, yep. and then a seventh chord while you're hitting uh, one two, three four. It's hard to explain like the theory of like a seven seventh keys chord. At one it's time? not seven keys at one time. It's one two three. It's four keys, but the way you count like the white and black keys uh-huh. makes it a seventh key because it's like uh, a one first second third fourth fifth right. So yeah, seventh key. Okay. Um, so because of like just the added layers of like the, the notes for me personally, like when I make a beat or whatever, that extra layer of tone brings something out to make me feel a song more, Mm. especially when you have the octave, like the bass octave, like hitting at the same time, it kind of just, again, like adds like body and layer to the whatever like chord progression you're making or whatever right you're making in your wow. song so um yeah but like to, to going back to your question yeah i think frequency and brain and emotions is all tied together and that's why again i like i was saying before i identify through music hmm. because i'm that kind of like in tune with it yeah 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 and which also explains your your ability to DJ and control and move a crowd mm-hmm. because, I don't know, you tell me, maybe inherently you already know the frequency that the crowd is attuned to or the frequency that the crowd would like. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you, here, I'll give out my, my cheat code right now. Okay. This is my cheat code. Um, anybody can do it, uh, but this is what I do personally. One, if you're a DJ... You need to have at least like four to five marathon DJ gigs. And when I mean marathon, you're DJing for like four hours, like straight, straight, straight. So I did this a few times. Um, and while you're doing it, like you almost like black out. Like uh, the first time I did it, this is a true story. Um, I was with these guys. I just started DJing at some like nightclubs and bars in L.A., um, hanging out at some like mansion party, Hollywood Hills kind of vibe. And dude was like, yo, my friend's coming out uh, to LA. He's from Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. He does some kind of work, you know, legal work, you know, moving packs, whatever he was doing. And he needs to spend 50 grand tomorrow. Um, so what should we do? And like, this is like a real thing. And I was like, wow. Uh, which I mean, I don't know. Like, who's ho- who's homie is this, and what the fuck is going down, right? So, everyone kind of put their heads together and we're like, let's just throw a crazy day party at at a house, um, and with that kind of money, we can get the coolest house like in L.A. Yeah. Um, 
we ended up getting Prince's old house. We rented it from 11 a.m. to the next day, 11 a.m. the next day. Mm-hmm. And I started DJing. It was me and my boy who would go back and forth. A first set started around one in the afternoon for a day party. I would go like three hours. My boy would go on. I would go on. He would go on. That went on till about 10 p.m. And then around midnight, everyone, a second wave of people came. And Prince wow. has a Prince has a dance club in his house, right? His old house. So everyone went to the in, the inside part. And then we DJed that until about 4 or 5 a.m. So those kind of parties is crazy. Like my back was out, all that yeah. shit. It was crazy. But in terms of knowing your library, it was it was like my brain it was crazy. It was like my brain knew what was going to come next almost mm-hmm. as I got to certain parts of like my library and my crates and I started organizing things better. I was like, Oh damn. Like I already know what's on the plane next. Yeah. It's almost like I know everything now. Right. So the more you do that and the more comfortable you get with your library, it just, things start to come second nature. Yeah. And then your routine start to come in. Oh, cool. Cool. I'm going to do a little acapella drop and scratch like, you know, a downbeat on this. And then I'm going to like scratch out on the acapella or you just start thinking of stuff naturally wow. instead of being so rigid. A lot of DJs, you know, that are uh, coming up, I don't know, like, well, like, we just think maybe you need to have a set that's like very like rigid and routine, which mm-hmm. is cool. A lot of people are successful that way. But for me, I like to kind of have small routines mm-hmm. like, like here and there, but like freestyle based on like my surroundings and vibe. And the cheat code, now I'm at the cheat code. Okay. The cheat code I have is when I am at a place that I have not DJed before or it's like a new crowd, I have about four or five songs, different genres, different tempos. Mm. And as I play those songs, I just scan the room. I'm like, okay, I get a head nod there. I get a foot tap there. Mm-hmm. I get someone singing this one. Okay, I think I think this is where I should go. And then I'll start to go out of those five. I'll start to go through one of those lanes of five. Hmm. And then that's how I start to kind of get going. And then from there, it's kind of like doing the same thing throughout the night, but having strategic times, you do that. Okay. So it's kind of like, okay, cool. Went down this lane. Now let's like, let's, let's tease them with this and see what kind of reaction you get. Yeah. Right. Okay, cool. They like that a little bit. Okay. Let's, let's go back this way then. You know, it's kind of, it's all just kind of like feeling the crowd. And when you that, got them, you got them. That, that seems like that's a cheat code for life in general. <laughs> it could be. Seriously, yeah. like in business or yeah. in relationships. And it's a matter of just paying attention to people, mm-hmm. body language, eye contact. Yeah. You know, you can, the energy, frequency, picking up on people's, um, how they move and their ways and their style. Like, you might be saying something that's interesting and they lean forward. Mm-hmm. That's a cue. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, let me let me stay on this beat. Yeah. Or if they lean back and cross their arms, you say, okay, well, they're, they're disconnected. And I think if we take that cheat code and we use it in our everyday living, we can get much further ahead. Yo, like facts, man. I'd have to say, uh, I think that's one thing that's worked for me is that when I meet with people, mm-hmm. Um, I'm meeting for you. It, I'm, I'm meeting with you and being like genuine, like with like who I am. True. I, I know I don't know how to be anything else. Where I think a lot of people in the entertainment industry, not a lot. I mean, I'm just 
I don't know, some people, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't want to just like th- say shit that doesn't like make sense, but some people will, uh, I guess have this like vision of what it means to be in this industry mm-hmm. and act as such. And it's mm-hmm. like, you don't need to act any kind of way. Like I like to work with people because I'm very comfortable with them. Yeah. I can be myself with them. And like, I look at that more than I look at like who you hang out with, what parties you go to. Exactly. I can, I can really care less. <laughs> yeah. Be a human being. Yeah. Like straight up. <laughs> let's go to the basics. Yeah. Like when we were kids, we just made friends and we played. Yeah. Yeah. That that's how it is. Right. I mean, and having a kid now, it's like, you start to like look at all these like things that you were taught and what you're teaching them now. Mm-hmm. It's hard stuff, man. It's a challenge. <laughs> it's a challenge. I, I can attest to that. Yeah. How, well, so creatively, what is the best way to create with someone, especially if you don't know them? Mm. I think the best way I like to create with people, um, and this is just my operations brain, mm-hmm. is I love to have a plan uh, around um, creatively what we're going to do and achieve, like what our goal is. I love to have uh, research. I love to do research. Um, in terms of, again, like what direction we're trying to go. Um, did I do this before? Has someone done this before? What sounds like it? What looks like it kind of thing? Mm-hmm. Um, put together like a mood board, put together like a deck. Um, I love writing, I love creating presentations because for me, presentations and like I, I don't just like make a presentation like keynote, like using like a, like a template. I go into Photoshop, I, I illustrate, I'll do like everything mm-hmm. to literally bring me into a world um, and convince myself that now I am like this mm. at that moment, almost like an actor does to prepare for a role. I will do that for something I'm, that I'm working on. Okay. So you just immerse yourself in this world, create it, give yourself deadlines, give yourself miles, like, like milestones and goals. And then by the time the person who comes in that you're working with um, is ready to roll, um, you guys have direction. Because a lot of times creatives will, hey, let's meet up. Let's have a drink and talk about a project I want to work with you on. Mm-hmm. You guys will spit back and forth like, oh, they, oh, we could do this. We could do this. Right, right. We could blow some shit up and <laughs> do whatever, right? And then you go home and it's like, what are your action items, right? Right. What what are like you know how much are things gonna cost like, like what's the next step right 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 I like to think about those steps before you get into that first initial like meeting mm-hmm. so when we do talk then it's like let's take these ideas we just talked about and now use that as phase one of what we're trying to like get done okay um because I think I've lost out as I was starting lost out on on opportunities mm-hmm. where um I was vibing with somebody indirectly and not knowing it not knowing the moment mm. where they're taking it like a, a different direction where I'm just kind of like, Oh, they're just talking, but no, like that was like a thing. Right. That's, and, that's that DJing, that yeah. reading. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> but that was like a thing that was happening. I was like, okay, like, Oh, I guess I should like be ready for this next time. Yeah. And how should I be ready for it next time? Okay. Like put the ball in, in their court by having all of this, this structure ready so by the time it's like go time, it's like, cool. It's already, I got this, I got this, I got this. I know which way, I know which like foot to put down next. Cheat code. So yeah, you got to have some cheat codes for sure. Cause yeah. I, and I think I, 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 I give all the credit to working for these like corporations. Hmm. 
that's the good thing that comes for working with these bigger companies is that the way I've learned how to communicate and move um, to others and like cross-functionally with other, you know, companies and agencies, you got to learn how to speak through presentations and decks and emails and, right. and structure, right. And all these things that have taught me now, like, Oh, you know what? I can save a lot of time if I just had done this. Mm. Right. And that's a big part of my life that I advocate is that I sometimes reference myself as a calendar ninja that's like my term. I am a calendar ninja because straight up, I think like, you know, I, I live and die off of my Google calendar. Um, I can imagine. Because I am able to kind of like, you know, Tetris, like the time I have and really dedicate uh, things to it. Mm-hmm. And once I learned how to trust that, I saw how much more productive I was. Um, because again, there's the times where you're just like, okay, cool. I'll just do this on Sunday. Like I'll get yeah. to it. I'll get to it. But um, I saw, I, I, I started to begin how I reacted at work when I saw my calendar come up and I was like, Whoa, like this is, how come at work it prompts me so well to like yeah. move, but at home I'm not using this. What if I use this at home? So you found yourself getting a little more stagnant yeah. at the house. Well, not necessarily stagnant. It's more so, uh, uncontrolled. So there was a point in my life where I was doing like seven to eight projects at the same time and Mm. then working a full-time job where I was like, I can't do all this at the same time. I'd be saying yes to things and yeah, I'll meet you there. And then like, cool. I meet somebody there and then go to the next thing and go to the next thing. I'm worn out. I had to bail on people, which is not a good look because I'm so tired. Right. So I was like, I need to control this. I keep saying yes to everything, but I need to follow through with things. Mm. Um, Following through with a few things is better than just saying yes to everything just to say yes to them. You know what I mean? Right, right. So that that was kind of like the trigger point where I was like, okay, let me try to control this. So now I have, I've I've cut myself off. Mm -hmm. I do full-time job and only two projects. And my two projects right now are primary, which is a party based, uh, uh, I'm sorry, charity basic party experience that yeah. is I'm DJing. My other friends are DJing people are music, uh, music professionals, video professionals will come party and all the proceeds that we make off this party go to a charity. Oh, wow. So the charity we, we teamed up with was the Pico youth and family center. Nice. Um, and uh, well, specifically their music department. Okay. And, uh, all our money will go to them. They're getting kids out of the, out of street, out of homelessness. And they're teaching them pro tools, Ableton marketing, how to be artists. So like, wow. I, again, I love music so much. I was like, how come I've never heard of this? How do I help this? Right. Yes. So, um, so yeah, that's my first event. And then I'm one half of a group called party line. Party line. Yeah. So I'm a DJ producer for a group called party line that, uh, okay. that drops next year. So now that that group they're gonna throw parties. Or, no, so or? we're we're this is actually like we're just we're making records. We're making like albums. Oh. Uh, we're gonna have our first EP um, dropping in like Q one next year. So I used to DJ uh, for tons of artists uh, uh, back in the day. Um, obviously the clubs and everything, and uh, yeah, we're we're we started this group called Party Line, and we're we're really excited about it. Hmm. Yeah. Congratulations. That's, that's amazing. Both of, both of those, uh, the primary and yeah, party line. That's, that's great. Would you say you are being led in your life 
path or are you leading your life path? Um, wow, that's a good question. Led life path or leading it? I'd say at this moment, I'm leading it. You're leading uh, it. Right now, I'm leading it. Um, right now, the vision is very clear. And I am building, again, like Mr. Operations over here, uh, <laughs> building the structure <laughs> and plans for me to, like, get to each point of everything I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm seeing it. And I think, like, what I've learned over the years is patience. Like, uh, a big thing that uh, a few of my fellow artists that I've been working with talk to me about um and this is honestly why artists are late i figured out why please (laughs) share please i kind of figured out like the the thing a few artists that i've been hanging out with they have talked to them about time just in general the concept of time yes and they're like yo time is a societal like uh like thing that was made up time is not real time was made by people Hmm. okay time is just like a construct to construct to control us but time is not like a thing and i'm again i'm sitting there like damn how do i how do i like really like think of this and he's like yeah if you think about it the calendars yeah like man-made calendars right january february all this stuff man if there's no january february like we'd still be living we'd still be fine yeah if there are no watches if there are no clocks right we'd figure out what time it was just by the sun by the stars all this stuff yes but the time and people's birthdays, you know, that's more of a, like a brand, like all this stuff. Yeah. And they were just going deep on it. And I was like, damn, like, and it, this is multiple rude. artists. This is not just one or yeah, two. This, this was, this was like three. Okay. Like, we just kind of, we just, we were all in the room just like vibing and just yeah. like talking about like, yeah, man, like time. Let's talk about time right now. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I do agree with that. Yeah. But on, on the other end of the spectrum, if everybody is following time, yeah, you can't be the oddball and not, well, artists are for for sure. They're on. They're definitely on their own time. Yeah, <laughs> yes, they, they time. are. They are. Um, but no. But I kind of, I kind of got it. And like for me, the what I associate with that is, you know, growing up and a lot of people growing up coming up in this game, put so much pressure on themselves to be big or popping by like the age of twenty two, yes. twenty five in any any lane that you're in. If you're a writer, if you're a director. You know, like John Singleton, what was he? He was young, he was like 19, 24. He was in his 20s. Yeah, I think he was like 21, 22. When Boys in the Hood came out, he was like 20 something. So, like, you see John Singleton, like, rest, rest in peace, John. But you see cats like that, and you're like, oh, I need to be like 22 when I start popping. Like, right. right. You know, I need to be like really popping by the age of such and such, right? Yeah. But everyone's different. You know what I mean? Everyone is different. Like, people like John had that vision and what were just to your point like well to your question do you lead or you or are you led right he was able to lead and figure it out at that age yes he's like oh, i already know what's going to happen right now so like right. i'm going to do this where it just comes later for people yeah. and for me i was just more so confused because i was like okay i'm gonna become a pro baseball player i was playing at cal state northridge and then i transferred to fresno mm-hmm. and my whole life was just baseball i wasn't ready i was I was like, okay, I want to like get back into DJing, but I thought I was going to be a pro baseball player. Right. And then once that stopped, I was like, okay, now I have to like fix my, turn my brain around mm. until like getting into this world. Yeah. So, so yeah, yeah, that's kind of. W- would you say it's easier to leave with uh, innovation or creation? I think it's, e- it's, it's not easy. It's never easy. Mm. I would mm. say. It's best to lead through experience, like research and development, okay. um, exposure, 
because I think my only successes have been through because of failures. Mm. Um, and that's another mindset I had to change too, is like when I didn't succeed or figure something out, it, um, and it used to frustrate me. And then it was like, Oh, I want to, I want to sell my DJ equipment now. I hate this. Like mm. I'm supposed to be DJing in all these clubs. These promoters suck. They're not booking me. I quit. Right. And, but then it's just like, wait, if I just keep going at it, cause like signs there, I was like, I was feeling that way, but then I still were getting like, Hey, we want to book you here. We want to do this. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, as you start to tough it out, you start to see like, Oh, like you just need to like go a different route just because that route has a stop sign. You know what I mean? Yeah, you yeah, just yeah. got to kind of go around it because you're just going to learn and you're just too like prideful and stubborn at the time of like, Oh, I'm supposed to be the best. I'm supposed to be like, I'm, you're not supposed to tell me no, right? Like, yeah. what the fuck, fuck you, I hate you now, right? But really, it's just all like, hmm, what am I not doing right for them not to book me? Yes. Right? And that's what the mindset turned into, like, okay, why didn't I get this job? Why didn't I get this opportunity? What, what are they doing that I'm doing different kind of thing? And I just used every no as like, okay, let me just fine-tune this now. So it's almost, it's it sounds like innovation, like you're innovating your mind, the mindset. Like yeah. Like you're... You're um, changing it. You're coming up with a new way to think, a new concept, a new way to approach a situation instead of just saying, man, this is not working. Yeah. Let me just throw it away. Like, well, how can I, maybe if I go this way and talk to these people, they'll give me a shot. Yeah. Or maybe if I just reinvent myself altogether and package it differently. Yeah, straight up. That's what, uh, that's what primary is, essentially. So mm. I... Um, like I was DJing for an MTV show right when I started uh, Spotify. It was called MTV Wonderland. Okay. It was in 2016. Lizzo was the host before she popped up. She started getting crazy. Shout out to Lizzo. But she was the host along with this guy, Mike Price. I was the resident DJ on the show. And that lasted for 13 episodes. And I was like, wow, like now I, I, I've, I've, I'm DJing on an MTV show. Like what's the next thing to do, right? Mm-hmm. Spotify like just kind of stopped everything for me because I like Spotify had me in New York every three weeks. I'd go to Atlanta. Oh, you got to go to Stockholm for this thing called Intro Days. Oh, you got to go here, and you're like, oh, like okay, you, I really don't have a life. Now. Right, right. <laughs> like this is crazy. I got to jump when you guys. Said, yeah. Jump. So like you know, as I'm climbing up the ranks, it's like okay, now like travels a thing a lot more and doing all these things. Yeah. Um, but. I hit a moment where I, re- I ran into one of my, my, my good buddies and mentors, DJ Hoppa. Shout out to Hoppa. He's the director of the um, uh, DJ Scratch Academy, mm-hmm. uh, founded originally by uh, uh, Jam Master J, the late Jam Master J. Mm-hmm. Um, he, just real quick to sidebar, DJ Hoppa is right now working on being one of the first DJs to have DJ curriculum at UCLA. Oh wow! Yeah, so he's That's like big. he's on some serious stuff. He's doing some crazy, amazing stuff in the DJ educational world. He also taught uh, MC Light um, how to start DJing like way when she first first started. So he's like a, a connect like a like a six degrees of separation. Um, and I, I I ran into him and I was he was like yo what do you what do you DJ next? I was like man, I haven't been able to man. I want to do it so bad again, but I'm like kind of like. <laughs> you know, stuck. Mm. And he was like, well, let me know when you want to get back on da, 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 da. Um, and I was like, you know what? I want to do it my way. I don't want to go through these promoters anymore. I don't want to just DJ for drunk people yeah. that don't like that. That just don't care. 
So what can I do? And that's when the primary idea hit me. And I was like, I can still have my passion to DJ and I can give back and make a change in communities and I can have like-minded people, cool, positive people around. And like the experience is great. We're throwing these things at like huge mansions. Yeah. So like, it's a great experience. So, uh, so yeah, that's kind of like how I did it. I just was like, now I'm like, I want to do it my way. Right. Yeah. What do you want people to take away from your set when you're DJing? Oh man. I want to, I want them to, uh, usually what people say is like, man, like you're able to blend so many different types of genres seamlessly and make it seem like one vibe. And that's kind of like how I like it Mm -hmm. because I want to almost like educate people while I'm DJing. And I also want people to realize that like, um, you know, there are other genres of music out there that, that, that you probably like don't know but like that you people like yeah um because of course i want to play like your every banger and all that stuff commercial stuff but i want to mix in some stuff that i've like you know added a different like baseline to or whatever or i've stolen this and added this or just a song in general that you've maybe heard once and you're like oh like oh damn he's got that song yeah so i think it's all about like music discovery for me um music discovery nostalgia um and just great beats i okay. think that's just like the i'm a big i'm a big drummer so everything's like drums. That bass line. yeah <laughs> I'm, waiting, I'm waiting i'm waiting for some good kicks some great kicks some stuff so great percussion yeah so a few more questions um in your opinion what makes a leader great and iconic mm, i think what makes a leader great and iconic um is someone who is truly like looking out for the people that are growing under them um Mm. in their craft or their life um whatever scenario that a leader is in because i think uh just a true definition of a leader is someone who's able to have people follow and guide these people to like a, a the right path and to you know groom them and um allow them to grow and develop just like you did yes so i think that just staying true to that like first and foremost having you know having the ability to know that like you know when you walk into those walls of spotify rodney that like the people that report to you look at you and say hey um i want to be in his shoes i want to be successful i want to get to this part of my life um and it's not something to joke around about it's something to take very seriously right it's something to that you you know that goes home with you. You know what I mean? Um, the people that, that work for me, that's like, they're like family now, essentially. Mm. Um, you know, we're really close, you know, we look out for one another and it's just a bond that's built that I think that is, um, it's hard to describe, but building that family. Yeah. Yeah. Just building that bond with that, with that person, um, I think is just really, really big for leadership. And I think, another another quality of leadership that you really need to have um is just being able to listen i know it's like really simple (laughs) but But it's so big but it's so big (laughs) because i'll tell you what um the people that i thought were leaders in my life i got so discouraged because like legit like i had this guy i'm not going to say his name but i you know I, i went to him as a mentor and every time i'd i'd try to talk to him or try to like like try to get to the next level or something Mm -hmm. it's like not even making eye contact with me he's just like i'm just kind of like uh and then then he's not playing his keyboard there's like his like 
computer. His computer. Yeah, he was kind of like, he was just kind of like, you know, playing. He's just kind of like, you know, typing and the attention is never there. Doesn't know what I'm like, literally like saying, like, what'd you say? Oh, okay, okay. Cool. Just like not the time of day. If you could just stop what you're doing, sit and look at somebody in the eye yeah. and really listen to them. Don't say anything about yourself and just hear them and really try to help them best thing you can do for someone's life you know what i mean mm. it, that one conversation can change the trajectory of someone's life just because you literally gave them the time of day yes um one example for me where i that literally changed my thinking um my old roommate alex uh shout out to alex he's like, like an evil scientist genius <laughs> uh he's working right now with the founder of soylent um it's kind of crazy he was a, he was a production guy uh development for shows and then he started he met the founder of soylent and the founder of soylent has a like tech incubation mm -hmm. kind of warehouse in downtown la where he's investing in companies uh tech companies and then like grooming them to like become like oh, huge wow. and my buddy alex is, plays a big hand in that okay um but anyway going back to alex um he was someone who was able to like really introduce me to like a lot of people and like and and kind of like open up my eyes in terms of how leadership should work mm. because he you know now I'm like I'm very much a person who likes to just just like meet people and kind of do things and he kind of taught me how to do that and to like listen to people but um god where I'm going off on a tangent so <laughs> hold on it was uh listening and most what was i about to say hold on i'm about to get to it it's gonna come back hold on um god 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 these questions are hard even though they're so like <laughs> it's all right it's okay i just want to give a really well thought out answer because i was going on a tangent and i was like i lost like, like we're talking about great and iconic yeah um I'm trying to think it's hard it's very hard for me to answer it because yeah. like when you're in it and like after like kind of not checking in with like your leaders yes you kind of forget where you're at yeah. <laughs> that's so that, true that's where the question mark is happening right now to be honest <laughs> because that's all good. because i think that like i've just been trying to straight stay true to myself and other yeah. people's goals and kind of cater to everybody else mm -hmm. i think that's my answer i just want to see people do good yeah a big thing of mine is just like, you know, if you get another job somewhere, I would love for someone's boss to be like, where'd you learn all this stuff? Mm -hmm. You know, from Rodney. Yeah. You know, he was my boss. He taught me how to do all this stuff. So I would, that's something that I, I really, you know, look forward to. It's to an excellent having. goal. Yeah. Excellent goal to have. Yeah. Complete the sentence for me. I am best defined by my work ethic. Okay. Yeah, definitely my work ethic. I'm the dude who will be there before everybody else. Um, not staying as late as everybody else now because <laughs> I got to get home for my daughter. But yeah. I still, when I have the when I have the time, um, I am definitely staying doing what I got to do, and then moving on to the next thing I got to do. Um, so I just think that my work ethic. Um, again, going back to what I was talking about from playing sports. Yeah. Um, my goal is to outwork everybody because in my industry, especially like I, I'm very like technology facing in post-production, mm -hmm. everyone wants to be smarter than everybody. So I'm just kind of like, cool, like, cool. Yeah, yeah, yo, cool. You want to be right? Cool. Go, keep going. Go ahead. Go ahead. Right, right. I'm going to let you go. I'm going to let you keep going. Have right. 
But while while you're doing that, like, you know, I'm making like my ends on the other way around because you keep talking and I've already kind of like established this because you're doing that. Yeah. Right? So that's kind of how the way I've been moving for the most part is uh, being more strategic with uh, my approach to conversations around certain things and just, you know what I mean? Just being very deliberate yeah. on my approach on stuff. Final question. This is called the tabula rasa. I'm sure you've heard of that mm-hmm. blank slate. Mm-hmm. Now imagine the creative and artist that you are. You have a blank canvas in front of you and you also have all of the colors that you could possibly want, need and use to paint a picture or draw a picture. Now, you've accomplished everything that you set out for life. Your daughter's grown. She, she's very successful, well off. You've traveled the world. You've made all of the money. You've made the impact. You've helped millions or countless of people. Um, you've performed throughout the world, DJing. You've done it all. There, there's nothing else on your list that you um, desire or ambition for. Coming back to this blank canvas, you now have the ability to draw and architect your life as you want. What picture do you draw? What Whoa. colors do you use? This is go crazy with these questions, man. Damn. <laughs> How old am I? Doesn't matter. You pick your age. Make it now. I've done everything. So now I've done everything. Uh girls are doing good what picture do i draw i'd probably say the picture i'm drawing is me me sitting in an office i'm still working i'm never going to give up working me in an office running a business that is true like to who I am and to my values. So I'd probably be like running some kind of like record store, music shop, like Amoeba-esque mm-hmm. just for the love of, of the game or some kind of fun like batting cage. Huh. Um, and uh, I'll probably still be doing some like, like, like philanthropy stuff in tie, like to tie in with whatever that is. Um, but probably doing something like that. And then in the background will be like my house by the beach, (laughs) (laughs) like my house on the beach, like posted. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I think something that, uh, you know, my wife always gets on me about my parents get on me about is that I have no like stop button. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, when I think of like when I see them about to retire, I'm like, man, I'm on 65. I'm probably still gonna be going hard at something or 70. I'm still true, gonna try at least to be going hard at something. Yeah. Um, or something like something's gonna be moving in the background or something. Okay. Uh, it's it's uh, yeah, it's hard so for you'll, me. You'll have a 3D picture. Yeah, so you'll have for sure. <laughs> I'll still be the same way I am, like doing multiple things. I. I I assume uh, just because I get too, I don't know, fidgety if I'm not. Any any special colors you would use to illustrate this? Um, special colors for whatever reason, man. I gravitate towards yellow okay. uh, a lot, uh, like a mustardy yellow. I like. I don't wear a lot of yellow, but um, the 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 color 
inspires some kind of feeling in me. Mm. Uh, I gravitate towards yellow a lot when I see it. So I would see some yellows in there, um, see some blues. Um, and I would probably, I like uh, pastel colors a lot. Um, so I like pastel uh, pinks, yellows, uh, like like turquoise kind of yeah. stuff, like the color of, like these seats. Yeah. Um, probably a lot of that. So it'd be bright. Yeah, yeah, definitely bright. I wear a lot of bright colors. Vibrant. Like if I open up my closet, I'll show you when we're done. Like <laughs> this is me dressing down just because I'm at the crib. But when I go out to work, it's definitely I wear a lot of vibrant colors. Energetic colors. Yeah, man. That's great. If you have a good outfit on, like you like your whole personality changes. It does. Like, straight up in the bright colors. So and true. You just feel a vibe. Man, I want to take a moment to salute you for all that you are doing, all that you have done, moving the crowd and DJing, giving them the experience of their life, um, creating content at Spotify. I know that's not your final stop. You're going to move on and do other great things in this world yeah. that's going to touch and inspire people. Keep it up. Thanks, You're doing man. great. And uh, I just wanted to honor you, salute you. Thanks, man. And, and then also thank you for allowing me to have this opportunity to have this discussion with you. And uh, I know you're going to touch the hearts and minds of others that listen to this podcast. Yeah, man. I appreciate you. No, no need for the honoring all that stuff. I'm just, I know that's just what I do. I got to salute. I guess it's just weird for me because I'm just a regular dude, man. I don't um, look at myself as anything what, else. But that, that, this is why I do what I do here yeah. because we are all regular guys and girls. Yeah. Right. But we are all leaders and we are all contributing to this walk, this life, yeah, you know, and we are all making an impact. So you deserve your props just like the uh, the next person that's running a Fortune 500 company. Sure. Why not? Sure. You know, sure. you're just as important and just as significant. So, no, you okay. deserve okay, your worthy. Yeah, I'll take come it. on. I'll take it. Cool, cool. <laughs> now I want to give you an opportunity to put your information out. How can people find you? If you have any projects you're working on, you mentioned the primary. Yeah. And if if people can, if you guys are looking for donations, I mean, just put it yeah. all out there. So you can find me at Rodney Grams um, at on Instagram, and Rodney is spelled R and the number zero D and like your knee K N E E Rodney Grams. Um, and I just started my Instagram. I was off of Instagram for like two, three years. It was very therapeutic and it felt really good. Hmm. But I'm back now because like I'm doing my primary stuff and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, so you can find me there. And then for the primary stuff, um, we just started a domain called Primary, the number four, and then the cause. So Primary for the cause. Next week, that'll be up. We'll be uh, taking donations. We'll have an RSVP link for the first event. And the way that works is um, we're letting people choose their own donation. We're not making this like an incentive. So if you like get like give like five bucks, you get all these drinks or whatever. We really the main thing is for the cause. So you can donate a dollar. You can donate a hundred dollars. You're still going to get in with a wristband. So right. it's all about just donating and getting, you know, money for Create Hub, which is part of the Pico yeah. uh, uh, family youth group. Um, so that's the way it's going to work. That's going to be up next week. Um, we'll be able to donate. And then, again, you're going you're gonna to get the RSVP link. Um, we got a beautiful house in Studio City Hills. Mm -hmm. um, it's, like, it's, like, really secluded next to, like, where I heard, like, where George Clooney used to live. The house is crazy. We're going to have a lot of fun there. Food. Uh, we're going to have, like, you know, 
we have a magician bartender. We're doing just doing wow. a lot of kind of a lot of cool fun stuff there. Wow. Um, and then uh, for Spotify, um, you can go find our videos. If you go to the video link, uh, when you go to the homepage on Spotify, just go to video or when you go to search, I mean, uh, go to the video tab, all the videos in there are the stuff that I've been working on. Um, when, when you go to the podcast tab, we have uh, the Joe Button podcast, Jamel Hills Unbothered, uh, Dissect, Amy Schumer. I mean, we got a lot of good stuff over there. So check us out there. And uh, yeah, who knows where I'll be next. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Any questions, statements you want to make? No, nah, man. Thank you for having me. And uh, yeah, man, I can't wait to share this with my friends that I gave shout outs to. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for coming. All right, man. Thank you. We're out of here. Rodney's perspective on great leadership is spot on. He states that great leaders should look out for the leaders growing under them. Given the high vibratory frequency of love, we must consistently give and show love beyond what we think and feel. Keep in mind, the world doesn't come to you. You have to go to it. So take the charge and lead up. Follow Rodney on social at R0D. K-N-E-E Grams. Also, check out his nonprofit, primaryforcause.com. If you have enjoyed this episode, please share it. And if you feel compelled to donate, simply go to the bottom of the Lead Up podcast description and click the donate link. Many thanks for your continued support.